Hi everybody, welcome to Sleep Apnea Pathfinders. I'm your host, David Bishop. And I'm Yvette. I'll be co-hosting this season. This season, our focus will be to bring you a variety of perspectives as we talk to different individuals about our favorite subject, sleep apnea. Well, actually, it's my favorite subject. (laughs) That's right. That's why I'm the co-host. But we are going deeper in a lot of these subject areas, so come along with us on our journey. Hi, everyone. This is going to be a short episode today. I wanted to talk about a few things I mentioned in the episodes so far this season. Also, I thought we should talk about how this season will continue to take shape as we go on. First, I'd like to thank all of those listeners who've tuned in from various parts of the United States and seven other countries. Our podcast player gives us basic stats about where people are listening to Sleep Apnea Pathfinders. And so far this season, we're being heard in Canada, Australia, Saudi Arabia, Germany, Romania, the UK, and Georgia. In the United States, some of the cities we are being heard in are Pekin, Illinois, San Antonio, Texas, Salon, Ohio, Los Angeles, California, White House, Tennessee, Toledo, Ohio, San Bruno, California, Cookville, Tennessee, and Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Now, I don't want you to think that my experience is representative of many people's experiences with sleep apnea. But since being diagnosed in 2006, I've really pushed to learn all that I can about sleep apnea. I even decided to have a surgical procedure called a UP3, which is where the soft palate is thinned out and the uvula is removed. So I'll probably talk about that on a future episode. Maybe it won't be this season, it might be next season. Uh, And I've also really worked closely with my sleep doctor, and I think that the fact that I've read so much about sleep apnea has helped me really engage in a very good conversation with him, and that helped me get the most out of my treatment. But I don't want to paint a rosy picture of uh, medical treatment here in the United States. Uh, Our system is very fragmented, and the healthcare system has things that make it really hard to get quickly identified, properly assessed, and effectively treated. I wonder how things are in various parts of the country and the world. And that's what I'm reminded of when I see locations like Kobar, Saudi Arabia, and McKinney, Texas. If you haven't heard the other episodes this season, I discuss a few health issues which happen to occur at a high rate with sleep apnea. I talked to a health psychologist about sleep apnea and polycystic ovary syndrome. One of the things that is really important to me about this podcast is focusing on groups of people who are underdiagnosed. Women are not diagnosed at the same rates as men. One of the issues which I mentioned in that episode is how the American Academy of Sleep Medicine allow sleep physicians to use two different definitions of oxygen dropping, also called desaturation. In a press release dated September 2013, 
the Academy indicated that it was acceptable to use the two different definitions. The newer scoring rule of 3% desaturation was not accepted by the United States Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, and they continue to this day to use 4%. Well, this is notable for a number of reasons. One is that 4% is a less inclusive scoring definition, and it lessens the likelihood that hypopneas, which is when our throats partially close, are counted. So, for both men and women, using 4% is what some insurance companies have also adopted for their scoring. I'm sure that most patients have no idea what percentage was used for their sleep studies. When we make that appointment for a sleep study, we have more questions than answers, and this information may not be something that the scheduler offers us as we schedule that appointment. Another reason that this is notable is that Research studies indicate that some women tend to have more hypopneas than men. If 4% is used on their studies, they may be less likely to be diagnosed with sleep apnea. Have you had a sleep study and met all of the criteria, only to be told that you don't have sleep apnea? This is not a criticism of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, because in the United States, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid continue to use 4%, And that really drives the issue and causes other insurance companies to follow suit. I plan to do a more in-depth episode about this issue to really break it down more. The other episode on AFib, which is a heart condition where the heart is out of rhythm, was one of a number of episodes we plan to do regarding sleep apnea and the range of cardiovascular issues. There are so many connections between cardiovascular disease and untreated sleep apnea that it merits more discussion. Information shared during episode 16 by Melanie True Hills, who is the CEO of StopAFib.org, was that patients with untreated or undiagnosed sleep apnea have numerous unsuccessful cardioversions or cardioablations, which are procedures to shock the heart back into rhythm. In episode 18, I had a discussion with John, who is a sleep apnea patient. His body mass index is 24, which is normal for his height and weight. According to the body mass calculator from the National Heart, Blood, and Lung Institute of the National Institute of Health. He also had symptoms of snoring, gasping for breath. He needed to take naps daily, and he also had cluster headaches. He's someone who his physician would not refer for a sleep study, despite having symptoms that met the criteria for someone who should be referred for a sleep study. So interviewing John was a really good example of how weight is not the determining factor for everyone for sleep apnea, and that it should be really a wake-up call to people who are exhausted during the day and they have a normal BMI and they are snoring at night, they really should go and get tested for sleep apnea. One of the other things it pointed out is that there are many reasons why someone can have sleep apnea. It is a myth that only people who are overweight have sleep apnea. John was able to use his CPAP effectively, 
But I also plan to interview people this season who haven't had as much luck using their CPAP. And either they stopped using their CPAP or they can only tolerate it for a couple of hours a night. So I look forward to doing more interviews with other patients this season. All of the medical issues that are showing relationships with undertreated or undiagnosed sleep apnea are really important to discuss more in depth. Even if you aren't affected by these medical issues, you may know someone who has a family history of these medical issues and they meet some criteria for sleep apnea. And I think that the earlier that sleep apnea can be identified, the hopes of averting these more serious medical issues may be possible. We will continue to discuss various medical issues over the course of this season. We will also interview various people who have experienced sleep apnea, either as a patient or a loved one. I also look forward to discussing issues like the 4% desaturation issue in hopes that those who have yet to get a sleep study can advocate for themselves and ensure that a 3% scoring rule is used. We hope this season is filled with useful information that is empowering and gives everyone hope that you can impact the path that you take to get sleep apnea successfully assessed and treated. Thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. As a reminder, Sleep Apnea Pathfinders is a weekly podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk again next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You can reach us on Instagram at Sleep Apnea Pathfinders or through email sleepapneapathfinders at gmail.com.